When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I never know what's going to come out of my mouth when I go live, you know, and that's the beauty of it. It's basically you rip a hole in the universe and out comes the vomitus off the infinite. So let's vomit together infinitely. It's like September 12th. It's almost lunchtime. It's like 11 something Pacific. And I just finished recording a Doc Vader clip uh, for a conference thing because sometimes Vader will sell out and do custom clips for people. And, uh, you know, this is also live streaming to Vader's channel. So, you know, Vader fans uh, hit up his OnlyFans because he's got all the Imperial Kama Sutra positions dialed. Um, come on in. Darren's here. Supporter Darren. Susan, good to see you, Holmes. Uh, Gail, hey, hey, cancer palliative nurse navigator here in Delaware. This is the thing with with. Cancer care with oncologic care, a navigator is like essential because first of all, our healthcare system is a total clusterfuck. So you, and then you get cancer. So then you have to touch almost all aspects of it and you need help. And even the people who are giving you help need help because it's such a mess. So thank you for what you do. It's really important. And I do warn you guys, there will be all the curse words in this one because it's Tuesday early in the day. Like this is the time when you're supposed to curse because it's the fucking right thing to do. Uh, come on down. Let me see what else is going on here. Yeah, so I just did this Vader clip and I haven't done a video in a long time because I just don't fucking feel like it. I What I've been doing is like dying, like basically sitting in my meditation chair and allowing whatever bits of identity and emotion come up and just feeling them fully and then letting them be. And they kind of just, it feels like a process of dying off, like your identity fixations, your structures, all your old trauma, all this stuff comes up and gets seen again in consciousness. It just felt, and you're not doing it. You can't even control it. So you either try to resist and distract yourself like I'm doing right now by making this video, which I have resisted doing for quite a while because I realized a lot of times when I make a live video, I'm trying to get away from just sitting with difficult, you know, feelings. Some some of those feelings for me, and you guys may relate to this being, you know, working in your jobs, working in your careers. So much of your identity is focused around the accomplishment mindset. Like, oh, am I worth enough? Am I contributing enough? Am I doing, am I showing that I'm not, you know, what I think I am, which is worthless <laughs> deep down by doing, 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 doing. Oh, you know, and, and in my case, it's like, ow, am I making videos? Am I reaching people? Am I saying relevant stuff? And I realized, wow, I've been stuck in that loop of, you know, pseudo accomplishment for as long as I can remember. And certainly with ZDog MD stuff, since 2010, when I started doing ZDog, I've not really taken a break. It's been kind of nonstop. And I, and I thought, you know, but what is it about that? It's this constant like feeling of having to be out there. And, and so I let it go and it was really nice, really nice. Last couple of weeks where really, you haven't done anything for this beyond stuff behind the scenes. And it's just, 
really nice. Because, but, but then this is the problem. A lot of us, not a problem, it's actually the truth. A lot of us use our work or our busyness or our hobbies or our relationships or our friendships, whatever it is, romantic relationships, we use them to avoid, to distract using mind, the feelings that are here that arise, that we self-define as intolerable or traumatic or difficult or whatever. And they're not, they're just what they are. They wanna be seen, they wanna be expressed. And when they, they aren't, they simmer and they show up in passive aggressive ways. They, the energy of repression takes over your entire life and shows up in these very maladaptive ways. So you can go to therapy, you can do all these other things to kind of massage around that, but you're not solving the root problem, which is complete repression of the natural energies of being a human. And those can feel intolerable from the standpoint of the mind. And so what I found is, wow, when I release this idea that I can always escape from that by doing a live show and maybe even talking about some of that stuff, but it's still not feeling it. It's like, oh guys, did you know these feelings will rise? Like, yeah, but Zubin, are you allowing yourself to feel this? So last few days, that's what I've been doing. And what it leads to is a kind of falling apart, a controlled falling apart where you feel all the things. You feel things from childhood, you feel things from, well, for, for, for me, it's, a lot of what I'm noticing is there's a lot of repressed memories and feelings and kind of traumatic things that happened during residency training. And my residency was actually pretty, pretty, pretty cush compared to how it was at say UCSF as a medical student, even what I would see, I would be like, oh my God, this is not tolerable. Uh, and then Stanford was like, you know what? They take care of you reasonably well. It's a cushy hospital. Like, yeah, you go to the county hospital, but our county hospital was Santa Clara Valley, which is still Silicon Valley. So it's like, you know, middle-class people that are very grateful, but it's not. And there are a lot of um, very challenging indigent populations, but it's not like it was at say, you know, San Francisco General or, or Moffitt Long Hospital in San Francisco, where I did medical uh, medical school, um, you know, it's pretty reasonably humane. And uh, still, the amount of like, like I find that it's hard to remember any of it. <laughs> it comes through in little flashes, but there's this feeling like, what was that? And you know, my wife and I were talking last night about this because a lot of repressed stuff comes up for her too, because she had that big shift in April. And and when that kind of awakening shift happens, these um, emotional energies, you can't hide from them anymore by escaping into thought. That doesn't become a viable option. So you end up feeling all this stuff and you're very confused because no one tells you what it is, right? I'm telling you what it is. It's natural energetics of being a human. And so we were talking last night, we were laying in bed talking about our memories of residency, because we did it together actually, but we never really had the same rotation. And um, like we were there, yesterday was 9-11, like we were on call, she was night float cardiology. I think I was night float cardiology, she was night float um, ICU or medicine or something. That same night we were both doing nights and 9-11 happened that night. On the east, on the west coast, it was still night. And uh, we saw it when we were getting off shift and we went to breakfast together and we were just like, Oh my God. And and I remember looking around at other people in downtown Palo Alto where we were eating breakfast and they were just going around their day like it was nothing, laughing and doing business and stuff. And, you know, having been born on the East Coast, my wife too, um, seeing these towers fall, 
it was the it was like a, such a wound, such a trauma. And I saw these people, and I got so furious. Um, I was like, how can they continue with their fucking superficial bullshit life nonsense, me, moving these fucking deck chairs on the Titanic of their lives and these tech companies and stuff? And this fucking thing just happened. And they saw it. They all saw it. They all heard it. You can't say they didn't hear it. Everybody heard about 9-11 when it happened. It was everywhere. And um, I still remember that feeling of like humanity fucking sucks uh, is this kind of rage. And really it's kind of just, it's a it's it's pain. You're trying to avoid pain by projecting outwards onto others. Why can't they feel this, right? And so we were remembering that and then other stuff. And I noticed like, as I was laying in bed, I was doing, I was kind of doing this, like with my fingers, like, just they were knotted up. And my wife was like, well, what's going on over here? Cause I was just like this. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know I was doing this. Like there's so much energetics from that era of my training that haven't been allowed to resurface. And um, so these kind of things are natural. And it, it is, it's like painful, it's really painful. But at the same time, it's so necessary for those energies to be felt and integrated. And by integrated, it means you don't need to do anything beyond feel them. You don't need to tell stories about them. If stories arise, notice that they're stories, but just allow the energy. And it may mean a lot of feeling in the chest or a lot of what we would describe as pain, but really the pain is the story around it. It's just an energetic and you feel it. And a lot of stuff comes up and it's really beautiful. It's actually really beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful things that I think is part of the human experience is going allowing that past experience that you couldn't tolerate as a person and going back as, as an identity that's much more fluid in a sense. You're not this anymore. You're kind of the awareness that this appears in and then having that allowed. And then you have the infinite tolerance to bear it because there's really nobody bearing it. There was nobody doing it. It was completely innocent. And you kind of have this sense of forgiveness and compassion for the character that was going through that pain, for the others in their lives that were involved, like all of it. And it becomes this very beautiful expression. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what's been going on and continues to go on. And this is just a little blip in, uh, this live show is just a blip in that. So I'll probably go back to that. But it just felt like the right thing is to go live right now because I had to get into a mindset of this to do the Vader thing. And then I was like, while I'm in this mindset, let's do a show because I miss you guys, honestly. Um, Ruby says, uh, some people can only deal by avoiding things. I've never been able to, wouldn't really want to if I could, despite the pain and grief. So avoidance is the natural state of the human mind. It does not, you know, the ego process creates a separate, a sense of separation from the world. And then its whole goal is to keep you comfortable as much as it can avoid pain and seek pleasure. It's a seeking machine and an avoidance machine. And so it'll take any confirmation that'll try to do that. So when you see through the ego as just a process appearing in consciousness, not you, ego is not you, then those repressed energies start to arise and they can flood you actually. So it can actually be too much if you don't have an understanding, if you don't have support, if you don't, if you haven't done some of this work beforehand, it can be overwhelming, especially if you've had a lot of trauma and all of that. People can get flooded with this unconscious stuff and they just, they fall apart. A good example, a good kind of real world example of this phenomenon uh, 
I don't know how many of you guys know this singer songwriter, Elliot Smith, really big in the late nineties and early two thousands. His last album was Basement on the Hill. Um, if you haven't heard it, take a, take a listen. He struggled with depression, anxiety, addiction, um, fame, and was the victim of childhood abuse. So his stepfather physically and probably sexually abused him when he was young in Dallas. And then he grew up and he went to New York and, and Portland and LA and had a very kind of like, his music was very dark, but beautiful. And he struggled with a lot of addiction because he was self-medicating the intolerable feeling that came from the trauma, the abuse, the depression, the anxiety. And so alcohol, heroin, drugs were part of it. And he wrote many songs about this. And his last album was when he finally gotten fully clean. And when he got fully clean, there is this syndrome called PAUSE, post-acute withdrawal syndrome. And what that means more or less, and I'm not an expert in this, but what it means is you were using all these substances to repress these energies and numb them because they were so intense. And addicts tend to have that sensitivity. They're much more sensitive than the average Joe. So those kind of traumas are just, they're felt in a just, oh my God, overwhelming way. And so when the drugs go away and you get clean, that's beautiful, but all those energies that you've been medicating start to come back. And if you don't have support, it can be really quite horrifying because everything you've been avoiding now is not avoided, but maybe you don't have the tools still to disidentify from the sense of ownership of that, from the sense of the personality is everything, the person is this, and now all this stuff comes in and this person can't tolerate that and falls apart. And in Elliot Smith's case, he wrote some amazing songs on this posthumous album and died by suicide. Um, during that period of post-acute withdrawal syndrome when he was clean. And it was really tragic, but also when you listen to the songs, it's all there, it's all laid out. It's all spelled out in Basement on the Hill. And he has a song that I thought was so beautiful, I've been listening to on repeat called um, Memory Lane. And the song is written from the standpoint of someone who's in a psychiatric hospital for a presumably suicidality, depression, and has a history of terrible trauma. And memory lane is his sort of metaphor for those feelings and memories of childhood and, and trauma coming up. And he calls it his little house on memory lane. So the whole song is about how he says, everybody's scared of this place, they're staying away, your little house on memory lane. You can't go there. Uh, it's too much, it's, it's too much. And when you tell the psychiatrist, when you tell the mental health professional, like I'm having these overwhelming feelings, they're like, okay, shut it down. Here's some medication. He says, I take what's given me most cooperatively. I basically lie in bed all day, horrified. I hope you're satisfied, you know? He's not able or allowed or given permission to feel this, you know, with the support and, um, it's really a beautiful, tragic song and you can feel right into it. Anyone who's had any, I mean, the normal trauma of life is that it's this felt as, you know, trauma. Um, so when it's unrepressed, an awakening can unrepress that. 
because now the mechanisms of mind are softer. The ego is softened and disrupted. It's kind of loosened. Its grip is kind of seen through a little. Uh, and it can be permanent or not permanent, abiding or non-abiding awakening, as Adyashanti says. And there's all this underneath, right? Uh, so, you know, for me here, I can just speak for myself. Like, it's really hard, but it's not... It's not hard like it was for Elliot Smith, you know, who'd been medicating all those years, who'd been avoiding. In a way, I've been doing this work for years, but, uh, and I also have so much support and my, you know, karmic circumstances, like my luck in life to have an amazing wife and kids and family and be raised, you know, by loving parents in a, you know, nuclear home and all, all of this, like, it's, it's, a, it's so much positive luck that I've had that allows me then to do the work in and feel held by the universe, have a basic trust that this is okay. But many don't have that, many don't feel that way. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's okay. This is a normal part of the unfolding and, and the universe does hold you, it does. There's infinite unconditional love at the root of reality. That's what it is, that's what you are. And you may not see it because mind apparently obscures your true nature, but that's what this is. That's what we're talking about is rediscovering your true nature, which is this unconditional love, this beingness, this nowness, infinite, out of space, out of time, always and already what you are, but you don't see it. So that can tolerate anything. It can tolerate the energies of being a human. It can hold them and love them unconditionally. And then you can hold and love others unconditionally and you can hold yourself, your apparent character unconditionally with love. Chris says it's called shadow work, going deep into oneself to deal with our demons and let them go. That, I mean, that's exactly it. So I don't, I don't like to use terms like that as much because even the term shadow work, it brands those energies as some kind of darkness. That's not what it means. What it means is shadow means not lit up by the light of awareness. So it's, it's, it's there, but it's not brought into consciousness. And so it stays in shadow. And by doing shadow work, what all you're doing is making yourself willing to allow whatever arises to be felt unconditionally without you know um, resistance or story or distraction. So that may mean sitting in meditation. It may mean doing emotion work with others, like encircling and different processes. It may mean going to therapy. But honestly, if I'm being completely honest, therapy is necessary to polish up the ego so that it's stable enough to do this work for many. I never had therapy, probably why I'm all messed up. <laughs> but it is not gonna solve this root problem of you. It will not, therapy will not solve the root problem of you. Nothing can. The, the entity that created that problem, the mind, cannot solve that problem. You can't solve a problem with the thing that created it. You have to go beyond the mind and you can't do it. It's a relaxing, a kind of grace, a backward step as they say in Zen. And then shadow work just happens. But if you know about it, if you've heard about it, if the mind has heard about it, it can at least go, okay, this is less scary because I know it's coming. I know what it is. Zubin talked about it. Others have talked about it. It's okay. I can be with this and it's okay. 
You know, like people have asked me, like, I don't understand, what am I supposed to do with these strong feelings? I don't know what to make of it, it's overwhelming. And I say, there's nothing to do except for sit with it. Let it be in the light of awareness and watch what happens. Often you'll see it will dissolve. And, but you don't wanna expect that. You don't wanna try to make something happen. That's not how it is. There is a mindset though, that can be kind of a set and setting that you can create where it's quiet, it's safe. And your mindset is whatever comes up, I'm gonna welcome with open arms, even when it's painful. And then there's a kind of deliciousness to this where you relish the heartbreak, you know, because there'll be times when like, you know, even this weekend, it feels like your heart is breaking, like physically just being torn open by some of this. And you can see that, you can kind of witness that, you can be with that and see it as a beautiful, delicious kind of re-experiencing of that which you wouldn't allow yourself to feel. And in a way it ties you to all the suffering of humanity. Like everybody who suffers, you feel it. You're like, that's what that is. And, and it's met with love. It's met with acceptance. It's met with surrender. This is what it is to be human. You can't avoid it forever. Yeah, you have to feel it to heal it, Ruby. And even the idea of healing it, there's nothing, there's nothing that needs healing. You're already perfection showing up. So act like it by letting it be. And that is the healing, paradoxically. That is the healing. Chris says it'll happen in its own time. If you try to force it to happen, you can self-sabotage your progress. So this is, this is the paradox of doing. So anything you try to do in this realm, paradoxically, you realize there's the, the doer is the problem. <laughs> the doer is creating the repression and the problem. It's the ego structure that creates a sense of separate self that can do something that has a free will and agency and um, a past and a future and shame and guilt and all that. Like the one that owns that, look for that in your experience and you'll find you can't find it. You just find thoughts and belief. And so this idea that I can do this, I should do shadow work, that is problematic because it creates a doer, a separate from the shadow itself. And the simplest thing is to just, just relax, just relax and know that it's gonna be okay. You know, they say, all right, in the Bible, be still and know that I am God. That's it, that's it. Go with the flow, Chris. Um, hi, Diana. Um, so let's see, let's scroll back a little bit. Yetta Bear says, dang Z-Dog, who is your guru? You've leveled up spiritually. Good stuff. The lotus must grow through the mud to reach the, the light. Exactly, that's the lotus, right? It grows from the mud, blessings. So Yetta, yeah, no, I mean, you know, you guys seen my my journey on this. It's, you know, you read the stuff, you follow people like Angelo who are amazing teachers. You have the grace of being meeting with other people that are very awake and you're not doing any of it. There's no spirituality, there's no path really. That's the paradox, it's seen from, 
from realization, it's seen that there was never a path and yet apparently there is a path. That's the paradox. And the key thing is you have to be careful because spirituality is a story. It's another act of the ego to keep you asleep. Oh, I'm spiritually realized or I must attain this particular awakening or I'm at this stage of realization. And it's like, mm, who is? Who's saying that? You know, there's a saying, the only thing that goes to battle with the ego is the ego. You got to even just let all that go and just be right here. Just be still. Just relax and open. And to get to that apparent stage, there can be work. There can be meditation. There can be struggling. There can be reading books. There can be following gurus. In the end, there is no guru. There is no path. There is no technique because you are already and always the perfection of this, the unconditional love of being, of infinity, of God, of emptiness, of the unborn, that which was your face before your parents were born, that which is the sound of one hand clapping. Let the mind be stopped. And what's left? What's always been here? What's that sense of awake isness, that I am sense that's always been here since you were a baby and you could make your first memories? that sense of I am prior to any thought, prior to your body appearing, it's existing during sleep. I am. That is stillness. That is the peace that passeth all understanding. That is the kingdom of heaven. It's right here. Hmm. Gabriel says, God is, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. All religions point ultimately to this truth. This is the perennial wisdom. What is original sin? It's the initial idea that we are separate from God, that we are apart from the garden. We go from naked together to clothed and ashamed.
that is felt inside as a fundamental unworthiness. And we're always trying to make ourselves whole. That's what religion means, to link back. Yeah, you, you, you had a 100%, I referenced the pathless path as well. We're all amazing humans that have yet to realize it in the calmness of the mind, yeah. Ruby Laguna says, I remember you saying, hold your trauma like a baby. Since then, I found the miracle is you find you are large enough to contain even the whole world's suffering. Oh my God, that's beautiful. Ah, yeah. You are because what are you? Are you Ruby? Or is Ruby happening within what you are? So you're holding your suffering, your trauma like a baby, like you would hold a baby. Like a mother is infinitely able to bear this baby's suffering. That's the mother. You can do that for your own suffering because what you are is infinite, unconditional, redemptive love. Redemptive meaning to make whole. Whatever sense of brokenness was there can be made whole just by the light of your awareness. That's it. It's always been whole. So you're bringing it back to the understanding of what it was. Hey, sorry to interrupt this episode. It's Dr. Z. Just a quick pitch here. If you can just leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, it helps us a lot. I also want to hear what you think about this episode when you're done listening. Hello at ZDogMD.com. It's the best way for me to hear your voice because the emails come right to me and we don't have a comment section on most podcast platforms. Maybe Spotify has one, but nobody else does. So it really gets your voice involved on episodes, especially that don't have a video. And the third thing is if you want to be a part of this community and support the show, join our supporter tribe, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. You can join on YouTube, Locals, Facebook, Instagram. You get live videos with me where we're talking about these things in depth, uncensored, and your comments are fully incorporated as in real time. And then we do these Zoom meetings where it's really like a beautiful community where we share our experiences on the awakening journeyless journey. How are we going to transform ourselves so we can transform healthcare and education and government? Because those systems are epiphenomena of us. Until we wake up, those systems will stay asleep. They'll, they're just an expression of our own delusion. So being a part of that, it supports this message so others can hear it. And it also allows for our own collective growth. So we need each other in that way. It's really, really, really tightly interwoven and interdependent. That's it. Back to your regular schedule, regularly scheduled show. Hi, Aaliyah. Debbie says, the doer and the ego versus my spirit guides sharing just to be in each present now moment. Yeah. 
And, you know, we talk about, there can be a lot of stuff, especially in new age circles of souls and spirits and energies and all that's great. Um, and that can be experienced. Um, but even what's holding that, what's aware of that? In what is that arising and as what is that arising? That which cannot be named, the, un, the unmanifest, unborn awakeness that we are. Where the mind can't go. Anything that's an experience is not fundamental. It's not real in the truest sense. It's real as an appearance, but it's not real in the truest sense. So what is? What's there when all appearance stops? What are you before your identity, before your parents were born? What are you? What are you before the Big Bang? Which, by the way, is a thought. Tita Franco says, I'm still watching this video because I feel anxious, depressed, but now I feel more confused <laughs> with your thoughts. That's, um, that's normal. Yeah. Confusion is there. Anxiety, where, where do you feel it? Where is that felt? What are the stories that are arising around, I'm depressed? You can sit with that. But now, if you're having that stuff, it's good to have a therapist or a psychiatrist. And if medications are appropriate, that's fine. But sometimes it's just sitting with it. And what we were calling depression and anxiety can actually be felt in its primary form, which is this energetic in the body, maybe associated with some traumatic memory, maybe associated with stress currently, but really it's an energy. And so allowing it to be there without resisting. It may mean you sit and cry. It may mean you writhe around on the floor. It may mean you scream. So you find a safe place and allow whatever arises to arise. And If you need support, get support. Very hard to do alone, actually, ultimately. Um, it can be destabilizing especially if you've had a lot of history and trauma. So definitely don't, don't go it alone if you've had that. Stacy says, I've, I've always existed. I was never created. Another way to look for that is you can ask the question, what is I? Not who am I? Because that's a kind of an identity but what is I? What is this sense of me? And look in your experience and everything that feels like a sensation or an experience or a thought, notice it and let it go and then keep looking. What's noticing that? And was that created? Did that come from somewhere? Can you find the source of that? Was that born? Will that die?
That's why sometimes you'll hear Buddhists in particular will refer to it as the uncreated, the unborn, the unmanifest, emptiness, the absolute. Can you feel into that? Oh, thank you, Laura. Gabrielle says, he spoke all into existence. So let's contextualize that biblical understanding into a broader perspective that I'm, I'm pointing to here, which is you have the unmanifest, unborn, no-thingness of fundamental reality, pure potentiality, and in the beginning, there was darkness on the face of the waters. Yeah? And then you have the word, this impulse of no thing to become. And that's the word, the speaking into existence is then this manifestation. But notice it's made off that which does the speaking, which is no thing, God. So this and that are not two. They never have been. They're one. Not even, you can't even say they're one because that introduces the possibility of one apart from what? No, no, no. There's nothing but that. And you are that. Ah, and from the Hindu tradition, Ruby. It is not born, it does not die, and having been, it will never not be. Unborn, enduring, eternal. It is not killed when the body is killed. From the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. All right, so we've been doing a thing for a while now. Probably we should uh, bounce. But maybe let's, for people who wanna hang out, let's just sit in silence for a bit and then we'll uh, end the stream. You guys can leave comments if you like or just sit in silence and just notice whatever is here and if you feel like doing a little inquiry, like who's noticing, that's okay. If you feel like feeling into the body, what are the sensations that are arising? Noticing what's a thought about the sensations and what are the sensations? And just being, if you can. And then as you go through your workday, just touching back into the body, touching back into that sense of who's 
placing an IV? Who's experiencing this H&P I'm doing? Who's typing into Epic? And looking in your experience always, right now, right here, nowhere else, doesn't exist. Future and past are thoughts constructed by mind in reflective consciousness. Reflective consciousness itself is an arising from what? Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I want to hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.